You are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. What's up? This is Dr. Taylor Crick. This is the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. I think I normally say that in the opposite order, so I'm not going to turn around and re-record it. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about toxins. Today's uh, podcast is a little different than most of mine. I don't have a lot of direction. I'm just going to talk about some stories and talk about some rants and just be kind of an intro into toxicity because that's that's kind of a big deal if you if you live in a cave. Um, and I, I, so I'm going to tell some of the stories of why that's just been such a hot topic for me. You know, it's weird to say that. I, every time I say it, I like want to catch myself because it's been a hot topic for me for the last decade. Um, but especially in this last year, I'm seeing just some interesting toxic cases, some interesting things with the liver, with carnitine, with solvents, with volatile organic compounds. Um, so I've got, I've got just a lot to say, and I think that's what I'm going to do today is just kind of rant. I'm not going to let it go that long, but I just want to talk about toxins. So for starters, you know, I've done, uh, I do a lot of seminars. Um, and so, you know, this year, the seminars that I've done, the theme has been toxins and not because that was like literally the theme of the, of the seminar. The theme of the seminars are generally like, how do we get sick people? Well, but toxins, toxins, toxins. I mean, we just know that it's toxins and infections, toxins and infections. But but my theory is infections like Lyme and Epstein-Barr and things like that, there's a lot of research behind that because you can confirm like, okay, these people with MS all have Epstein-Barr virus. And so it's like there's a correlation. But toxins, in my opinion, are what put the stress on the immune system in the first place to allow for pathogen burden expansion or for to allow for a, an infection, you know, a, a lowered uh, secretory IgA or immune dysfunction that allows for pathogens to even be a problem. I mean, how can you say that we have 490 trillion viruses in our body and the Epstein-Barr virus causes your multiple sclerosis? I mean, I know what the literature says, and, and don't get me wrong, I think the EBV is a, a big, big deal. Um, but I think that toxins, in my opinion, toxins explain the rise in chronic disease better than anything else, the rise in toxic exposures. So one of my seminars that I was at this weekend, I was, you know, I was literally like basically crying in the front row. Um, I was in the front row too. I had a friend say, oh, look at you, go get her in the front row. I said, I, I'm just looking for a place to sit. But I do like sitting in the front row. I like asking questions at seminars. I'm, I love seminars. I'm a seminar junkie. But I saw Jill Carnahan speak. And I think that hopefully if you don't know about Jill Carnahan, look her up. You know, she's got a great podcast, a great YouTube channel, a great newsletter, and she's really a rock star in the functional medicine world. She's like a like if there were a functional medicine all-star team, she'd be like the captain. Uh she'd be like the LeBron or the KD of like the all-star team picking picking people. Her and Karazian and Mark Hyman, you know, probably the three biggest clinical names in functional medicine. But Jill is from my home area. She's from central Illinois. And if you don't know Jill's story, she had breast cancer at age 25. 
She had Crohn's disease. And she's battled with mold toxicity. And she's very open about it. The, again, hearing her speak, I've heard her speak. She's been at two of the two of the three of my last three seminars and, and maybe three of the last four, really, because a lot in the mold world, a lot in the functional world, et cetera. So I hear her name a lot. But anyway, she's from central Illinois. And I had never heard her tell her personal story like this. I knew that she had her cancer journey. I knew that she had Crohn's. I knew that she had mold toxicity. That's that's what led her to being an expert on these things. But she told her story, and it, again, it had me in tears because I, I see two types of patients. One are toxic people from all over the country that I work with virtually. That you know, mold is is prominent um, no matter where you live, and it's just like, okay, what were you exposed to, and what's your autoimmunity, and what what are we trying to solve here? And then I see farmers from central Illinois. And that's a generalization. I see a lot of people that aren't farmers, don't get me wrong. But like when Jill was talking about her family, they're right down the road from me. They are 20 minutes away from me. And so that's what led basically, long story short, to Jill's cancer. And she talked through it. She talked about how her dad was used, used atrazine the year that she was born. She talked about how they were just, you know, they're spraying, there's grain dust, there's pesticides, there's fertilizers. And it's just insane to think about even where I live, you know, and she said it too. She said, I had this idyllic upbringing, you know, she said we had acres of land, we had a farm, we had a creek, we had all these things, but she was sick. She was sick her whole life. She was sick. Um, And that's what I'm seeing now is I see a lot of, even in this farming communities, I see a lot of what's called apostolic Christians who live a very, let's just say a humble lifestyle, meaning they're not like Amish, they're still in the world. They're very savvy of current events and things like that, but they don't live, you know, the typical city dwelling lifestyle that that most people live. Uh, um, And so they eat uh, eat raw food, not raw food, they eat real food. Uh, A lot of these are organic farmers. A lot of them have home birth. They're they're kind of uh, savvy to the perils of the Western medical system, you know, a lot of uh, 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 things like that, you know, which is right up my alley. But it's interesting because now I'm seeing all these young girls that are infertile and overweight and have these chronic metabolic conditions, autoimmune conditions. A lot of them have not been diagnosed with autoimmune diseases yet, but you better believe they have tissue autoimmunity. You better believe they have self-tissue antibodies. Um, and, and they're getting these lifelong chronic illnesses at a young age, and it's not based on the standard American lifestyle. They are not the kids with the earbuds in their ears and the Skittles and the TV on all day. These are more like kids getting up at, you know, 5.30 in the morning and going out and working on the farm and eating real food and eating, you know, eggs from their chickens and eating dairy from their, their grass-fed cows. And like, you know, the, the, the best way of living, in my opinion, and, and plants for their garden too, you know, whatever it is, but it's, it's a fairly natural way of living and they're getting sick and it's toxins, it's toxins, it's toxins. So one story that I was going to share was about one of my patients that I thought was super cool. Uh, her first pregnancy... She's one of these farming, you know, she lives in a local farming area. She lives, you know, 20 minutes from Jill Carnahan, um, Jill Carnahan's family. Jill is in, in Colorado now. But so her first time getting pregnant, it took two years of trying and then infertility uh, drugs, fertility drugs, excuse me. So they had infertility, tried for two years, um, couldn't get pregnant, finally went on fertility drugs and got their first baby. So that was before I knew them. 
So in, in, when she came in, she really had very few symptoms. Her goal was to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy. And long story short, she did have some bloating. She did have some f- fatigue. We ran some labs. You know, she was. We did a ur- urinary organic acid test. We did a stool test. We did blood labs, and we fixed her gut for let's say maybe three months, and then we were detoxing. And she was using the sauna the whole time. So a lot of times I'll draw for people, hey, we're going to start in the gut and then we're going to move to detox. But they're both overlap and there's a big overlap between those and a lot of our supplements that we take. The liver is intimately involved in the connection between those and so on and so forth. But So she's saunaing, she's taking, you know, I don't remember, glutathione binders, gut, gut healing protocol. Her bloating goes away. Her She's measuring her blood sugar, which I love. So And, and she's just rocking it. She also went to a biologic dentist, uh, got her amalgam fillings removed. And all the things, you know, and she's doing a, a detox protocol with me. And so it's three months long and, and there's three phases and she's in the third phase and her and her husband say, well, you know, what the heck, well, let's just not, not worry about it this month and, and have unprotected, you know, sex basically. Um, and I got pregnant. So she stopped the detox protocol and that was our last consult that we had was like, man, you're rocking it, girl. Um, she gets adjusted by my friend who's her chiropractor. She's going to have a home birth. Um, you know, all the things I love, all that stuff. And it is a perfect testament of how the body is supposed to work. We cleaned it out and now it's working the way it's supposed to. Uh, a few other stories that I've got recently. So I see a lot of mold and I think that everybody that listens to this podcast knows that mold is a master antigen. It's a master disruptor of the immune system and mold is a living thing, but it has toxic effects. It produces things called mycotoxins. It produces things called volatile organic compounds, VOCs, microbial VOCs. And the point is that these are things that have to be detoxified. They are excreted through the detoxification system. They're not killed like by your immune system and by T cells. They're excreted through the detoxification systems. So I see a lot of mold. And again, sometimes it's hard to find, sometimes it's easy to find, but I'm not, I always try to not be a mold guy. What I mean, I always say this to people, what I mean by mold is that mold matches up with their timeline. So mold was a player in their case, but I see a lot of mold and something else. So a lot of people that have been through a lot of mold, you know, detox stuff, they've done glutathione, they've done binders, they've done sauna, and they're like, what the heck, what the heck, what the heck? Maybe they've ripped their house apart top to bottom, and they've got the mold spores out, and people get so wrapped up in the mold, but it's mold and what else? It's air quality and it's toxic exposures. I've had people do repeat mold tests on their house that I've not advised, and they're looking for spores, they're looking for spores, they're looking for spores, and there are no spores, but they still, their environment is still making them sick. So a couple of people that I've found recently live on golf courses. Some are golfers, and, and meaning like college golfers, professional golfers, and they're exposed often, you know, but living on a golf course, there are a lot of fertilizers and pesticides, especially fertilizers on a golf course. Those things look pristine. Um, and I always tell the story, my cousin was a professional golfer and, you know, around, you know, closer to 9-11 Homeland Security type stuff. I remember one time he got hung up in the airport because his travel bag got flagged for explosives and it was the fertilizers in between the cracks of his clubs. The cracks on the heads of his clubs had fertilizer in the dirt and that was enough to set off the testing. And when we measure things like perchlorate, which is a a drinking water contaminant that comes from fertilizers, it says in the lab review, it says uh, uh, common in missiles and fireworks and rockets and things like that. And so I often joke with people like, hey, you've been playing with 
missiles and rockets and stuff. Uh, but it's usually come from the drinking water, contaminated drinking water, and from fertilizers. So that's golf courses. I saw, I've seen a few people recently that were hairstylists. Uh, and so over the years, their toxic bucket filled up. Some of those people have mold for sure. Some we don't know yet. We haven't gotten that far yet in our in our testing, things like that. Some nail techs, um, you know, again, with the same same kind of exposure, the solvents. Um, I got a guy who does glass work, and I've talked to him about it, and he's like, yeah, we don't really use a lot of those solvents as much as like windshield guys, because I know a windshield guy right now that is literally about to die from cancer, um, and his kidneys, you know, all the things. I think he had a kidney removed this week. Um, and so I was asking, I said, hey, man, with your glass work, are you ex- what are you exposed to? And he said, we don't do a lot of that. I'm more like commercial glass. But I know there's mold in my building and at the next door neighbors and things like that. We've tested him for mycotoxins, his wife for mycotoxins. So we're just looking for what these toxins could be. One of the hairstylists, she was a stylist for 18 years. And at first, and it's multiple chemical sensitivity. So if you know anybody that's had that, I mean, these people are really sensitive and like their husbands come in and they're like, I think my wife is crazy. Can you please tell her that she's crazy? And I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, you're in the wrong place because actually you are wrong and she is right. Yes, you can be reactive to water. Yes, you can be reactive when you walk into a building. Yes, you can feel like you're going to die when you walk into Bath and Body Works. And those are very real things and explaining limbic system and mast cells and blah, 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 multiple chemical sensitivity, the no-ono cycle. Uh, But she was a hairstylist for 18 years. And at first, she just had to ask people, you know, hey, can we stop doing perms? Can we stop doing these treatments? Um, Things like that. And then she had to leave her salon that she was in and do a home salon in her basement. And then eventually she had to quit doing hair altogether. Um, And so I I have several people that no longer do hair because they were just getting symptoms. They were getting fatigued. They were getting sensitivities, um, so on and so forth. I, I had another person who I'm sure will probably listen to this, but had a mobile spray tanning business um, for years and was also had mold toxicity. But again, it's not just the mold, but it's mold and what else. Another thing with, with these toxins is also just even having candida makes acetaldehyde. So when we're talking about these aldehydes and solvents and stuff, I think candida is very relevant. Carpet is another big one. Carpet off gases, uh, furniture off gases, um, electronics off gas. Off gassing is a big deal. I just got a formaldehyde meter. Um, and you know I'm, I'm having a little confusing readings because when I first got it, I feel like there's something in my office. I've said that a million times. I've had it mold tested, I've had it mycotoxin tested, but I got new carpet two years ago when my counselor came in here and we did some remodeling to, for her office. Um, and I, I, So when I got this meter, it said my formaldehyde was high. Now it keeps saying that it's normal, but I'm just, I just got the meter. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure that it's high. I've, I've said to many times over the last two years that I feel it when I'm in my office for a long time. A lot of times it's podcasts, like right now it's 8 o'clock at night, um, and I've been here all day for the most part. So a lot of times it's that. It's when I've been here all day. It's like at the end of the week. I just I feel, I don't know, just weird symptoms that I'll maybe I'll go into in another podcast. Um, mold. I'm not even going to talk about mold. I'm not even going to talk about heavy metals either. You know, those are some of the big ones, obviously. BPA, plastics, phthalates, yoga mats, 
uh, formaldehyde, glutaraldehyde, isocyanides, uh, you know, just et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We test for these things. We test for per- perchlorate, persistent organic pollutants. Um, and then I also test like on an organic acid just for signs of toxicity. So some of the things that we look for, liver, liver's highly involved. Um, and, and what I mean by that is like a lot of the different liver mechanisms. Like one of them is carnitine and, and a need for carnitine. Um, and so let me read this. I'll just read this. Uh, it's about solvents in the mitochondria. So it says many solvents are able to concentrate in mitochondria as a result of the mitochondrial membrane potential. Accumulation of these solvents within the liver mitochondria inhibits fatty acid beta oxidation, causing steatosis, which means fatty liver. So causing fat deposits in the liver because beta oxidation gets inhibited. That's mitochondrial. If you go back to the mitochondrial episodes, I know that's a mouthful. What that basically means is why do so many people on organic acid testing need carnitine? And it's because of these toxins and these solvents. Carnitine does fatty acid beta oxidation. So I think that, that that's something that's really, really important. The mitochondria in the liver, the liver is very mitochondrial dense. The liver also does things like methylation. That's another just fascinating, fascinating thing that I'm seeing right now. So I'm seeing toxic people that have like these puzzles that are like detective of like, okay, what were you exposed to or what are you currently exposed to? And that takes a lot of work. I have a story that's not of my own. I wish it was, but uh, it's a friend of mine actually. But this girl had alopecia and, and I don't even know the whole story, but a chiropractor friend of mine had somehow stumbled upon the fact that maybe it's your pipes and it was PVC pipes um, and it was it was the plastics that were causing her alopecia and they changed their piping and their plumbing and her alopecia healed is my understanding of it. But methylation, I don't know what, where I got off on that, but methylation, a lot of the things that we see in detox are gene- genetic. And I used to honestly think this was crap. You know, it's like genes load the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. And I absolutely still think that that's 100% true. But what kind of gun do you have? You know, if you're gonna, if your environment's gonna pull your trigger, do you got a BB gun or do you got a assault rifle or what kind of gun do you have? Because some of us got some loaded guns with some big problems. So the other thing that I've been seeing this year are a slew of sisters that have different things, same, same, but different. Um, a slew of moms and daughters. And I even have the first family where I've got three generations of labs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys all have the same stuff. One is the 20-year-old version. One is the 42 or 43-year-old version. And one is the 65-year-old version. And it's each lab is a little bit different. But sometimes seeing mothers and daughters, mothers and sons also, I got some mothers and sons, their labs are like a spitting image of each other, which again... to somebody with a mind like mine just makes you think like, okay, there's genes, but there's also the environment that they grew up in. You know, they lived in the same toxins and things like that, but the genes obviously play a major, major role. So like I get long hauler sets of sisters. I got liver sets of sisters with different toxins, different infertility things. Um, I've got mother daughters with some mold issues, some toxic issues, some gut issues, Um, mother daughters with uh, neuroinflammatory issues. And, and one of these is cool because the daughters, when I went through her labs, there were things that I didn't catch because they weren't abnormal, right? They're just like slightly elevated. But then when I saw the moms, hers were abnormal and I compared it to the daughters. It was like, oh, 
ding, ding, ding. Hers are abnormal. They're just not bad enough to be flagged yet. But I said, look at how these are elevated compared to the rest of them. It looks just like yours. And there's been multiple sets of daughters and moms where I say, you are your mom 20 years ago. Um, and everybody laughs, and it's, but it's like really, really true. And that's so cool to see. I still think, again, the environment pulls the trigger. So if you got bad genes and you live in a clean environment, you're, you're, I think in my opinion, you're going to be good. But in today's world, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's so hard to find a clean environment. So I think that that's really, really, really important. So uh, here's what I'm going to go through. Again, I, 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 I don't want to say that I'm going to do these podcasts and then not, but there's some that I've started the notes for. So I'm going to do the next few podcasts on toxins. So the first one's going to be the worst thyroid toxins, because I think the thyroid is really susceptible to toxicity. Um, and this is based on some of the labs that I've found recently, some of the things I've been studying. The things I study, by the way, are the things that are coming into my office in droves of like thyroid stuff, um, toxin stuff, mold stuff, water stuff, kidney stuff right now. I'm seeing a lot of kidney stuff, stage two kidney failure, stage three kidney failure. Um, a lot of times people have that on their labs and they're never told. That I'm like, hey, did you know you're in stage two kidney failure? And they're like, What? Like, yeah, they don't tell you that. Or stage three, they don't tell you that either. Um, so so pointing those things out to people, looking at their labs. So anyway, I'm going to talk about worst thyroid toxins is, is the next podcast. The one after that is going to be, I'm going to do a three-part series. So if you follow the podcast, I like to do this. Because a lot of these topics, once I start typing about them, it's like they grow into three podcasts. So the first one's uh, part one, your body's detox systems. You know, talking about your excretion channels, talking about sweat, urine, gut liver, um, phase one, phase two of the liver, cell membranes, mitochondria, all that fun stuff. I think that needs to be a, a separate podcast for your body's detox systems. Maybe I'll put in their genetics as well and cover the relevant genes. I'm putting, adding to my notes right now. Um, part two is how to empty the bucket. So I actually, I think I maybe already said that I just got out of the sauna. I'm actually about to hop back into, I was going to do a two-part sauna tonight. I don't do that very often, but just kind of fit my schedule tonight. And uh, my wife texted me, said she'll put the kids down. Um, coffee enema, talk about how to empty the bucket. So sauna, coffee enema, detox supplements, getting your lymph moving, you know, things like that. What do they do? What is the reason? And, and what all can you try? Again, one of my goals with this podcast is help people solve their own health puzzle. And, and the reason for that too is like, I'm not giving away information. It, the longer you try to solve your own health puzzle, the more you realize you need somebody's help, right? So uh, I'm all for people trying to solve their own health puzzle. And I want to give, give, give the information because then when you need help or you need a second set of eyes or you need some guidance, that's where I come in. So rebounding, supplements, go through all the different things. Then also talk about like how to repair the damage of, of toxins. I think that's really, really important because there's damage that's left over once you've emptied the bucket. And it's not a protein misfolding. It's uh, you know chaperones and and endoplasmic reticulum and mitochondria and cell membranes and things like that. So how do we repair those mechanisms? I think that's really important. And then part three is to me the most important one. You know, people come in and they're in acute situations. They want to know how do I get my bucket empty? Blah blah blah. But part three is how do you keep it empty? So like for my kids. That's my only goal is just like never let the bucket fill. Who cares if they got bad genes or good genes? Let's keep their environment as clean as possible because in today's world, it's not possible. So that's why I say as clean as possible. So like 
filtered water, filtered air, clean food, and just being aware of all the little possible sources and not being hyper aware of any one, but keeping all these things in mind to lead a a, a non-toxic lifestyle. I, I think that detox or cleansing is a lot like fitness. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, yeah, I ran a marathon last year. It's like, okay, well, are you fit right now? Well, no, 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 no. Um, and that's the case with detox. It's like, well, I did a cleanse last year. It's like, well, if you don't run on a regular basis or if you don't exercise on a regular basis, you are not fit. I don't care if you did a freaking ultra marathon, you know, ever in your past, you got to be fit right now and you got to maintain that. And it's not about the 26.2 sticker on the back of your car. It's about what you do on a daily, regular basis. You know, marathon runners, NFL players, things like that, they're not like notoriously long-lived lives, you know, Um, bodybuilders, things like that. It's more the people who move regularly, you know, like my grandpa who still goes and walks and rides his bike and things, even though he's blind, he still rides his bike, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, and what he honestly, what he does is a group of friends gathers around him in like a pack of wolves and he can see out of the corners of his eyes, he has macular degeneration and they keep him safe. Uh, and he had wrecked last year. I think I talked about it in one of my podcasts, maybe, but he wrecked last year, but he got, he needs to keep moving. And that's the important thing. And that's kind of my point. So anyway, those are going to be the next few episodes. We're also putting out a lot of, just because of this, uh, good content on Instagram about detox about, and I also have a lot of good stuff on my YouTube channel about detox. I'll be sharing the links to those things, videos and so on and so forth, probably making more also. But that's just my rant today about toxins, toxins, toxins. And that's kind of what we're going into next. So even though it was just a, a rant with not that much direction, I hope it was really helpful because I do think that this is the most important topic, um, you know, just period, straight up toxins, toxins in the food, toxins in the air, toxins in the water. I think the toxins lead to the pathogens uh, and the the growth of pathogens. I think, you know, glyphosate, you know, my gosh, I didn't even talk about that. So um, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to go into those. Leave us a rating and a review. Um, and yeah, follow us on Instagram, follow me on YouTube, and we'll keep trying to put out good content. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you.